Hello world, welcome to the Whatever's On My Mind podcast. I'm Malcolm, and welcome to today's show. Um, This show I hope to keep a little shorter than last week's. I know last week's was about an hour and a half, and uh, I realized that I was talking for a very long time. So I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. I'm also on a time constraint. I have to be somewhere in about an hour. So <laughs> we're going to try to go through this as fast as possible. So today's Today's show I'm super excited about. Uh, we're gonna be talking about. We're gonna be previewing this year's Super Bowl halftime show. Um, and if you want the preview for the actual game itself, I'll be previewing that next week. Um, we're gonna be talking about uh, the preview for this year's show. We're gonna be talking about a little bit of halftime history because uh, the Super Bowl halftime show is something that, or at least the history of the Super Bowl halftime show is something that blends three of my favorite things, which is popular music, the NFL, and history. So we're gonna talk about that. I'm gonna give a couple. Rank- I'm gonna give a ranking of my top ten favorite Super Bowl halftime shows because I, yes, I did go back and watch all of them. It took a long time, but um, it did bring back a lot of memories watching them. I'll I'll give some of my least favorites as well. I only only have three that I can like honestly say that I hated. Super Bowl halftime show is usually a really good show, so I only have three that I can honestly say that I hated. Um, we'll be pre- we'll be talking about uh, conference championship weekend, uh, sort of the craziness that happened there. We'll be talking about uh, the whole spectacle around Tom Brady's retirement and uh, and then his actual retirement just a few days later. But we'll be talking about that, sort of the things that I felt and some Patriots fans that I knew felt. And finally, we will be discussing Whoopi Goldberg's comments on the Holocaust. Um, she had something very uh, interesting to say, so we'll discuss that and all the fallout from that. So first, let's talk about uh, this year's Super Bowl halftime show. Okay, so this year's lineup is absolutely stacked, to say the least. And I still remember like when they announced it, I was like doing homework, but at the same time, I really wasn't because I was scrolling on my phone. And I... I tap on Instagram, and it's the first thing that comes up, and I see the banner first, like the Super Bowl halftime show banner sponsored by Pepsi, that banner, and I'm just like, ooh, who's it going to be? Who's going to be? Who's going to be? Because uh, I had been saying all 2021 that I was going to be Dua Lipa. That was just my prediction. Um, I'm still gunning for her to get the halftime show one of these years. I think that would be a really good show, but that's besides the point. So I look up. And I see five people, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I look at the middle. I'm like, is that Dr. Dre? There's no way that's Dr. Dre. There's no way that's Dr. Dre. There's no way that's Dr. Dre. And then I look to the side, and it's like, Snoop Dogg? And I'm just, like, blown away. Okay, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. I look to the other side, and I see Eminem. And I'm like, oh, there's no way. There's no way. Like, I look at, like, I look at the page, because, you know, sometimes... You have, like, I follow a lot of meme pages that'll, like, post this stuff. That'll post stuff that really isn't true, but looks real. No, it was definitely the NFL's page. And I looked to the side, I see Kendrick Lamar. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then on the other side, you see Mary J. Blige. And I'm like, um, okay, Mary J. Blige really doesn't fit here. I mean, I have nothing against Mary J. Blige. I love a lot of her music, but she's kind of the odd person out in this situation but they're obviously gonna have something planned for uh that but man this lineup's insane and if you've seen the trailer for it, the trailer is absolutely crazy like they're hyping this up to be probably the best halftime show ever which is a very very tall task as we'll talk about as we go through the history of the halftime show uh but let's preview it um It's going to be interesting. Uh, it seemingly it evolves around Dr. Dre. So I think Dr. Dre is going to be the first guy to be performing, at least he and Snoop. Obviously, some of the songs, like some of the must-perform songs that they have in that lineup are still DRE for Dre and Snoop. Next episode, Dre and Snoop. Um... I think they gotta they gotta perform nothing but a G thing. I mean, you can't not not perform nothing but a G thing. 
with Dre and Snoop. Um, so I think for Dre and Snoop, those three are like the must performs. For Eminem, it's not really clear. I think Lose Yourself is probably what he'll perform, and it's his biggest hit, uh, at least chart wise. I mean, it was at number one for like a good 12, some 12 weeks, I think. 12 or 13 weeks uh, back in 2002 and 2003. So that's like his most recognizable song as well. I think that he'll perform that. I know in the trailer they had Rap God, but I hope to God he doesn't perform Rap God. Because like that was a big part of his legacy because of the one part where he like rapped super fast and broke like a world record that he went on to break again. Um, But I don't think that Rap God is even in like the top ten of of Eminem songs, just not by like by how good it is and by its legacy. I don't think Rap God's even in the top ten. Just being honest, but that's just my opinion. So I think that Lose Yourself is a good choice. I'd also like Without Me, because that's a super energetic song. Um, that'll get the crowd really hype. Um, for Kendrick. Uh, it's very, very obvious that Kendrick has one number one song, and it's a song that everybody knows, Humble. So he'll definitely be performing Humble. Um, for Snoop, I know Snoop's going to be performing the three songs with Dre, but Snoop, there's no way Snoop gets through this performance without playing Drop It Like It's Hot. I mean, that is his number one. Uber recognizable. I mean, everybody knows Drop It Like It's Hot. I mean, if you brought Pharrell out, that'd be crazy for the Snoop. that part yeah that would be crazy um yeah and for mary j blige um mary j blige's biggest link to dr dre is the fact that dr dre produced her most famous song family affair so she's definitely performing that song she's gonna walk up with this let's get it crunk in this dancery yeah that that's that's a classic so those are the songs that are probably going to be performed. I probably just did the guest list. Um, the, what is it called? The set list. Oh, and at the end, they got they got to end the show with California Love. Not only because, I mean, that's Dr. one of Dr. Dre's biggest hits, but as also a tribute to Tupac, who honestly, looking at this lineup, if Tupac was alive, he'd be in this lineup. So uh, California Love is an absolute must. If they don't, perform California Love, I will hate this show for the rest of time. And I will never I'll, I'll anytime I'm reminded of it, like I'll just hold a grudge against uh Dre for not performing California Love. And it's a safe song to perform. There's no cuss words in California Love. I mean Dre does set a bomb ass hippie, but like I mean they've said ass at the Super Bowl halftime show plenty of times. So I don't think that's gonna be an issue. So they have to perform California Love. Uh, I do have a little bit of a wish list for songs. This is like sort of out there songs that they would that would be performed. But if I do get any of these, that would be great. I did mention Eminem without me. I, that's on my wish list. I don't think he's going to perform it. I don't think he's going to have like the time to perform it. But that would be awesome because that's such a hype song. Um, and I'd go crazy if he performed without me. Or even the real Slim Shady. That that would be. I think the real Slim Shady would be absolutely crazy. Just him going off. Yeah, like you've never seen a white person before. Yeah. Um, but my wish is so for Dr. Dre and Eminem. I wish that they perform "Forgot About Dre," because I mean, obviously, I know Eminem's like forty nine, but where he can still rap fast. Like we heard Godzilla, he can still rap fast, so he can easily do the the hook of the song pretty easily and that's also one of dre's biggest hits off of uh 2001 um for snoop my wish is that he would perform who am i what's my name which is his first solo hit you know the one that goes like snoop doggy off of, of, of doggy style um it's i mean there is a clean version so he could do that. I don't know if he will though, because I mean, there's I don't know if he'll really have the time. But I I really hope to have that on the set list. 
and one that will absolutely not be performed whatsoever because uh, it's not it wasn't a single, but just them two being there, Kendrick Lamar and Mary J. Blige doing Now or Never. Uh, obviously, Now or Never will not be on the set list because uh, that's really just an album cut from the deluxe version of Good Kid, Mad City. And if you play 2K14, you know NBA 2K14, then you know the song from there as well. But it's just a good song. Just the fact that those two are on stage together, that'd be kind of cool. Even if I got, even if it was just part of a little medley, that'd be cool. But that's anyway. That's my wish list. Oh, and I guess Kendrick Lamar doing Money Trees would be on the wish list too. Even though that is one of his most popular songs, that is an album cut, as in it's not a single. So he probably won't do that song. Um, there's that. It should be an amazing show. Uh, it's definitely being hyped up to be one of the best ever. And this is reaching, a, as for like the demographics, the people watching, it's reaching a wide demographic of people watching the show. So that so I, I this is a great lineup that the NFL picked out, and it should be exciting to watch. And I cannot wait for it. But now let's talk about let's, do, let's dive into some of the history of the Super Bowl halftime show because this is the part that I was really really waiting to talk about. Okay, this is this is the segment that I've been waiting to uh, talk about for this entire week. I've been watching old Super Bowl halftime shows for the past couple of days to prepare for this segment so I can uh, properly talk about it. I'm excited to talk about it. We're going to talk about the history of the Super Bowl halftime show. Now, prior to 1993, usually the Super Bowl halftime show would consist of a band from like a local, whatever, uh, Division One university was in close proximity to the Super Bowl host city. And that would really just be it. It'd be like a band show like you would see in the like at halftime at like a college football game or something like that. And sometimes they had like major music acts. Like I think it was nineteen ninety one where they had like new kids on the block performing with uh like a bunch of Disney characters, but it that ended up not being televised because uh the ABC who broadcasted the game actually cut to the news report that um what was happening at the US I believe I remember correctly this was when the US was about to invade Kuwait and um yeah so it was Instead of new kids on the block performing the Super Bowl halftime show on live national television, the, the network cut to ABC News um, reporting about the Gulf War going on. I don't know if the reporting was about the invasion of Kuwait, because I don't know if those times have, like, match. It, it, does, it doesn't, at least of the, of the U.S., Because according to what I'm reading right now, I know Iraq invaded Kuwait in 1990. I know this is not really important, but I just want to make sure that I have this right before I say anything about it. But I know that they were... um, I know the U.S. had started launching attacks against the Iraqi military in Kuwait, and that's why they were... That's why they cut from the halftime show to this ABC News special report. So even at the time that they had a popular music artist, they couldn't you couldn't watch them live because of external uh, factors. But what's interesting is that what caused uh, the NFL to start getting popular music acts for the Super Bowl halftime show is the increasing popularity of networks trying to broadcast shows right as um at the same time as halftime because halftime is usually about 40 minutes so that gives you enough time to get like a 30 minute show in if you're the network that's not hosting the super bowl so you can get a bunch of viewership 
And what what happened the previous year was that the sketch comedy show in Living Color um got so much viewership during uh the halftime of Super Bowl 26 between uh the then Washington Redskins and the Buffalo Bills that they had to come up with a plan to keep people watching during halftime. And so that sort of launched the idea of having a popular music act get to perform during the Super Bowl halftime show to keep the viewership consistent from the end of the second quarter to the beginning of the third quarter, because that's a big 40-minute period during the Super Bowl. And at first, so the first time that they did this, they reached for the stars, literally reached for the stars, and got Michael Jackson to do the Super Bowl halftime show at the Rose Bowl. And for that, for it, of course, it being Michael Jackson, it was a spectacular show. What is one of the best of all time. A lot of people consider it the best of all time. I'm not one to agree with that statement, but it is definitely up there. It's definitely at least top three, top five best halftime shows of all time, especially at the end where he brings like hundreds of kids on stage to perform the song Heal the World off of his Dangerous album. And like the whole stadium becomes like like a picture of just children while everyone's singing the song. It's a beautiful sight. If you uh, have the time, I highly suggest you go back and watch it. Then it went on from there. So at the time, Disney was producing the Super Bowl halftime show. And they would always have like some kind of theme. And it would always mesh with the um, with Disney World or Disneyland opening up some kind of new ride. So I know they had like an Indiana Jones themed halftime show, which makes absolutely zero sense whatsoever. But I guess it worked. I don't know. Following my, in the '90s, following Michael Jackson, they were kind of like the halftime shows weren't really the greatest. Um, sort of in the late '90s, what started happening was that they were um, they would get multiple acts, like multiple big names, to perform together, sort of mesh it, sort of like what we have this year, and it was. It worked, surprisingly. Like, if you look at these lineups, just looking at them, you you wouldn't think that they would work together, but they a lot of the times they did work together. I think the only Disney theme that I can say was enjoyable, or the Super Bowl theme that was enjoyable in the 90s, other than obviously Michael Jackson, was um, their tribute to Motown. But the thing was, the tribute to Motown happened at a Super Bowl in San Diego. Doesn't really matter. But they had different acts. They had quite a bit of acts for that show. You know, they had um, Boys to Men, um, Queen Latifah performed. They had. Uh, Smokey Robinson, The Temptations, Martha Reeves, and the marching band from Grambling State University. It was a salute to Motown's 40th anniversary. And, you know, it was was cool. They would try it, and then the year after, they uh, had a theme of the celebration of soul, salsa, and swing. They had like Gloria Estefan and then Stevie Wonder, which doesn't seem like it works on paper, but it actually does. And then they had Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and Savion Glover, which Big Bad Voodoo Daddy is a swing band. 
and Savion Glover is is like a good dancer, and so he danced at the show. But once you got into the um, 21st century, that's when they really started to uh, turn up halftime shows. And they were still trying to theme it um, a little bit. Like, like the first show of the Millennium, Super Bowl 34, was called, the theme was Tapestry of Nations, which is a parade, which was a parade that they would have at Disney World. And for that halftime show, they had like Phil Collins with Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias, and Tony Braxton. Yeah. That's one of the most random lineups of artists that I could even think of. Yet, it worked. It was an alright show. But then after that, this is where we get good. The year after that, you had the Kings of Rock and Pop um, as the theme, which was headlined by Aerosmith and NSYNC, or as Ben Stiller referred to them as in the skit that he that they did before the show with Adam Sandler and Chris Rock, Aerosync. <laughs> um. That's one of my favorites. We'll talk about that. That's one of my favorites because they, they also brought out Britney Spears Nell, and Nelly and the aforementioned Mary J. Blige. Uh, I'll talk about that a little bit later when I start ranking some of my favorites. Spoiler alert. That's one of my favorites. Um, that, that Watching that, that was a fun show. And... Yeah, it was definitely a solid show. And then the year after was U2. I mean, everybody remembers U2. That was uh, under just under five months following the September 11th attacks. And everybody remembers, if you know about it or watched it, the, uh, the banner that they had, the projector that uh, U2 had that displayed all the names of those that died on September 11th as well as Bono's jacket with the American flag in it that currently hangs the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And then all the way up until Super Bowl 38 is where you sort of had these acts that were relevant at the time. I mean, the contra- the controversy surrounding Super Bowl 38 with um, the what's called Nipplegate with uh, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. Uh, if you are unaware, at the end of the Super Bowl 38 halftime show, um, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake were performing Timberlake's hit Rock Your Body when uh, Timberlake pulled on um, Janet's outfit, which exposed one of her breasts on live TV. And um, the NFL got in a lot of trouble for that. CBS got in a lot of trouble for that. Janet Jackson got a lot of trouble. Got in a lot of trouble for that, and Justin Timberlake got in virtually none. Which, reading about it, because I mean, what confuses is why is Justin Timberlake pulling on Janet's outfit? And the um, the answer was that it was supposed to happen, but like he pulled, but Justin pulled too much of what Janet was wearing. It was supposed it was supposed to expose like the red under um shirt or bra that Janet was wearing and it ended up uh pulling everything except for the uh shiny silver star that was on Janet's nipple. And so that was a big controversy. So after that, the NFL was like, you know what? We're not going to do popular music acts anymore. At least contemporary popular music acts for the foreseeable future. And so you have a, you have a few, you have six straight halftime shows that are like what I call legacy acts. Cause I don't want to call these dudes old. <laughs> Just like out of, I guess, respect. 
I mean, they're old, dude. They were they were old when performing. I guess Prince wasn't really that old. That's Super Bowl Forty One, but like these dudes were pretty old. Like the year after uh, Nipplegate in Super Bowl Thirty Eight, Super Bowl Thirty Nine, you had Paul McCartney. I'm sorry, Sir Paul McCartney from the Beatles perform, and his show his show's pretty good. A year after you had the Rolling Stones. Uh, um, Super Bowl Forty One, you had Prince. Super Bowl Forty Two, you had Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. In Super Bowl Forty Three, you had Bruce Springsteen. And then Super Bowl um, 44, uh, you had The Who. And so, and, a- and after that, after that, the NFL was like, okay, we'll bring back contemporary music acts. And then they had, like, the year after that, the Black Eyed Peas with Usher and Slash from um, Guns N' Roses. And I'll be honest. Going back and watching like the the quote unquote legacy act halftime shows, other than Prince, obviously, I was skeptical because it you know it just seems like okay, it's these old guys, like these are these are your these are people that your grandpa used to rock out to in his day. So I was skeptical of going back and watching them because I just felt like I was gonna be I wasn't gonna be moved. It was gonna be boring. But I was very wrong. Even though the guys were old, they're legends for a reason. And I gained a I gained a large amount of res- like respect and appreciation for each one of these acts, for Paul McCartney, for the Rolling Stones, for the Who, for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Just cuz like even though those were old guys, they brought the energy. And Prince, I mean, I skipped over Prince. We're going to talk about Prince later. But just the energy that those guys brought, especially Bruce Springsteen, just the line of who in here is alive tonight was just an amazing way to start the show and it really just set the, show, the tone for what the show was going to be. And so... Even though they sort of brought out the people that your grandparents listened to, they definitely put on some great shows. And then after, and obviously again, as I said before, the NFL was like, okay, we'll bring contemporary our acts back. They had the Black Eyed Peas at Super Bowl Forty Five, and then the year after, they were like, okay, let's get Madonna for the Super Bowl halftime show. And then we'll put contemporary acts with Madonna. So they had like Nicki Minaj and MIA and LMFAO, if you remember that song Party Rock Anthem, and like Sexy and I Know, if you remember them. Um, and like CeeLo Green, who I haven't even thought about in like eight years, <laughs> just being honest. And then a bunch of like drum, a bunch of like bands. And uh, there's like a big choir. That was singing like a prayer with Madonna. It's a little ironic. And the year after that, year after that, they had Beyonce, who brought out Destiny's Child. Uh, great show. Next year, they kind of mixed it up. They had Bruno Mars with, um, and they brought out the Red Hot Chili Peppers with Bruno Mars, which is a little. Random, I'd say, and especially especially the way that it was that it worked out, uh, with the peppers sing like lip singing, and just being there for one song, and not even it wasn't like under the bridge or anything like that. It was like give it away. I wish I like give it away. Give it away is a good song, but like that was the only like you're gonna have those guys out for the Super Bowl halftime show, and that's the only song they're gonna do. I know it's weird. And then you have like Katy Perry, whose show is uh, famous for a lot of different reasons, whether it be the big lion she roared off, she uh, she sort of went to the stage writing while performing Roar, or um, singing I Kissed a Girl with Lenny Kravitz, having Missy Elliott out there, or uh, the Left Shark, 
who had absolutely no idea what he was doing. But yeah. Um, and then the year after that, Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno Mars. I'll, I'll come back to talk about that show specifically. A uh, year after Lady Gaga, then Justin Timberlake, then the infamous Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Big Boy concert. And then um, Shakira, Jennifer Lopez with Bad Bunny, J Balvin, and Jennifer Lopez's daughter. Last year's show with The Weeknd. And now to where we are today with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blatch, and Kendrick Lamar. And actually, I just found the set list. So I just spoiled my own set list uh, predictions. I didn't realize that they were going to publish the set list, but the set list is already published. At least according at least according to Wikipedia, the set list for Super Bowl 56 halftime show is still DRE by Dre and Snoop, Gin and Juice, by Snoop, uh, Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop, the next episode by Dre and Snoop with a corrupted Nate Dogg, but I highly, but corrupt's probably not going to be there, Nate Dogg's dead, R.I.P. Um, the Real Slim Shady with Eminem, Lose Yourself by Eminem, Humble by Kendrick Lamar, All the Stars by Kendrick Lamar featuring SZA, but I don't think is going to be there, Family Affair by Mary J. Blige, Nothing But a G Thing by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, and finally California Love uh, by Pac Dre and Roger which is obviously just Dre performing. So I found that out myself. Um, yeah, that's what digging on the internet does. You you end up finding stuff that you don't think you're going to find. And I was just talking about the set list, but now I just found out what the set list was. So thanks, Wikipedia. Uh, Maybe right and maybe wrong. I don't know, but I'm excited for that set list. And that should be really good. Anyway, let's uh, dive into some of the rankings that I made of my favorites and my least favorites. Okay, so now I'm going to talk about my favorite shows of all time, just from going back and watching them or just remembering them, sort of how I felt and how the show was brought was performed. So some honorable mentions before I start. Uh, I talked about Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. At Super Bowl 43, I just loved the energy that Bruce Springsteen had for that show and just the way that he rocked out that stadium in Tampa. Uh, Speaking of Tampa Super Bowls, another honorable mention, Super Bowl 35 with uh, Aerosmith, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly, also known as the uh, Kings of Rock and Pop. Uh, That was a very, very energetic show. Um, I loved the... I loved all of them singing uh, Walk This Way and Nelly rapping EI to Walk This Way. Uh, <laughs> the, the Walk This Way performance, I think, is very iconic in the, the uh, realm of Super Bowl halftime shows and the most 2001 thing ever, especially with like uh, Steven Tyler like screaming Walk This Way in Mary J. Blige's ear. It's kind of funny. You might get Eminem screaming in Mary J. Blige's ear this year. Uh, another honorable mention is um, Beyonce show. Uh, that was a really good show. Um, she did a fantastic job. I mean, it's Beyonce, of course. She did a fantastic job. Her bringing out Destiny's Child was really cool too. Um, and then obviously like the power outage that happened in New- in the Superdome after that show was spooky. But um there was too many that I really, really enjoyed for to put that in my top ten. Uh, as well as Super Bowl forty nine with uh Katy Perry, Missy Elliott, Lenny Kravitz, and Left Shark. Uh a lot of people rank it as one of the best of all time. I think it is one of the best halftime shows of all time, but um, I just had too many favorites that I really, really enjoyed to um, put that in the top 10. So, there, yeah, those are all the honorable mentions. So, let's start. Uh, number 10 in my favorite halftime shows of all time, uh, Super Bowl 42. That one was uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And uh, I really liked that one. Just for the sure fact, it was very energetic. The crowd was 
wild. And I did not realize that half those songs were Tom Petty songs. Like, I Won't Back Down or Free Falling. Like, like I had known those songs. I had heard them in, like, shows and movies and, like, on maybe, like, on throwback radios, stations or something like that. But I did not realize those were Tom Petty songs. So when I heard them, I was like, oh, wait, what? This is a Tom Petty song? It's crazy. Um, same thing with The Who in um, Super Bowl Forty Four halftime show. Like, I heard the songs they were performing and I just did not realize that that those artists were who made that song, those songs, which leads to number nine, my number nine being Super Bowl 44 with The Who. Uh, a little disappointed that they didn't do Behind Blue Eyes. I really liked that song a lot. But, I mean, the only reason I know that song is because the new metal band Limp Bizkit covered it in 2003. That's a really good song, but um, the song that they, uh, I think it was the second song that they did, I'd heard all my life, but never realized that, number one, that it was The Who, because I really didn't know who, who it was, and number two, that the song was called Bob O'Reilly or Babbo O'Reilly. I just kind of heard it in like commercials and shows and stuff like that. Never realizing that that was what song that was. But hey, I mean, you learn something new every day. So that was really cool. And The Who did a really good job of giving a very energetic show, even though they're really old. So that's number nine. Number eight would is actually the very controversial aforementioned Super Bowl 38 halftime show. Because other than Nipplegate, not not I'm not putting it up here because um, the whole world saw Janet Jackson's breast, but just because it was actually a show that if you look at the lineup, I mean the lineup was Janet Jackson, P Diddy, Nelly, Jessica Simpson, Kid Rock, and Justin Timberlake. Like that doesn't sound like something that should work. That sounds like a bunch of chaos. But it worked really, really well. And I mean, kudos to MTV uh, for their producing. I actually did MTV produce it. Yeah. Kudos to MTV for producing that wonderful show. Just with like a bunch of different stars. Almost like a music festival. In 12 minutes. Uh, that, that was definitely one of my favorites. Um, obviously, Nipplegate um, caused a lot of controversy. But it's definitely... A, like, if it weren't for Nipplegate, A, nobody would really remember that show. Other than for how good it was. And B... It really overshadowed the game itself because that game was actually one of the better Super Bowls of all time. That was um, the Patriots versus the Carolina Panthers. The Patriots won that game 32-29 on an out-of-vinitary field goal with four seconds left. Uh, Tom Brady won his second Super Bowl, second Super Bowl MVP. That was one of the better Super Bowls of all time, but it's very much overshadowed by that halftime show. So. But I have it at number eight. It's one of my favorites. It was definitely one of my favorites. Number seven, Super Bowl Fifty One, with um, Lady Gaga. That that's honestly just one of the best of all time. Like her, the crowd was crazy. Um, her dancers were great. She was phenomenal as usual. She was doing all this like this acrobatic stuff. She was dancing and still singing every note of her songs which was incredible to me um i remember i remember being blown away live when that happened but um just going back and watching it and realize that yeah that was a crazy show and it fit for a crazy game too that was the year that atlanta took a 28 to 3 lead uh in the third quarter and then um the patriots route off one of the biggest comebacks ever tied the game at 28 won the game in overtime 
That was Brady's fifth ring. Uh so that was a that was a really good halftime show. Big fan of that. Number six was the year after Super Bowl Fifty Two. Um, this is definitely. I mean, this is my favorites, but this is a lot of bias here. Super Bowl Fifty Two. Not only was my favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles, playing in the game, but my favorite pop star of all time, Justin Timberlake, was doing the halftime show. And, of course, there was a lot of controversy around him doing the halftime show after what happened at Super Bowl 38 with uh, Janet and um, just those kinds of things. But And he also gets some flack for it like not being the greatest thing ever. And I mean, I agree. It was it's like going back and watching it. It's underwhelming if you're not a big Justin Timberlake fan. <laughs> if you are, it was a great show. But he definitely knows how to put on a show. The guy was dancing most of the time. A lot of people were upset about the um, Prince projection. But I thought it was kind of cool, especially when they lit the city purple. That was absolutely fantastic. And it's one of my favorites because I love Justin Timberlake. And at the end, where it was like the super energetic performance of Can't Stop the Feeling. And he was like taking selfies in the crowd. Like not in like the crowd that they pay or that they get to like uh, be on the field. Like in the stands with fans that pay to be at the game. That was really cool. So that's why I had that at six. Number five. Uh, Super Bowl 50, that was uh, Coldplay with Bruno Mars, Beyonce, and Mark Ronson. Um, that, honestly, is a su- such an underrated show. I think because it's Coldplay. I think Coldplay gets a lot of flack just for being Coldplay. Like, being, like, the safe uh, alternative music that, like, like your white mom listens to. I like Coldplay. And they did a really good job of this show. Um, the energy was through the roof in the crowd with Chris Martin. Um, Bruno and Mark Ronson doing Uptown Funk was crazy. And then they had Beyonce in the middle with uh, Formation. That was sort of like her, her the drum line and the dancers that Beyonce had was um was awesome and then the three of them performing uh, uptown funk and then at the end with the medley of like i think it was clocks and fixed you with um the tribute to the halftime shows of the past uh with like prince and u2 and bruce springsteen paul mccartney all mixed into there that was really beautiful watching that again i think almost brought me to tears so that's definitely one of my favorites. And I don't understand why people hate on it so much. I don't. I don't. Number four is Super Bowl 27 with uh, Michael Jackson. I explained it earlier why it was such a good show. Um, I'm just going through the hits. One of the weirder things about the show is it starts with Michael Jackson like standing still, looking into the crowd for a good minute and a half. Like, not moving whatsoever. Once you get past that, and he starts performing, um, it's just crazy. The, the energy's there. Um, this was just an absolutely incredible show. The Obviously, I talked about uh, Heal the World and with all the kids. I love that part very much. And Michael Jackson is just a legend. So... That really just made that halftime show what it was. Also, along with the fact that that was the first of the modern era of Super Bowl halftime shows. So, a lot of credit due to Michael Jackson. Rest in peace. Now, 3, 2, and 1 are easily interchangeable. Like, I had a hard time ranking them because... Either any of them could be one, in my opinion. Any of them could be my favorite, but these are my three favorites. We'll start with number three, which is Super Bowl 41 with Prince. 
Um, this was just a magnificent show. Uh, and of course, everything's added on by the fact that it was pouring in Miami that night. Um, actually, it's February. Actually, that show was that show was 15 years ago today. To to the day, it was 15 years ago that Super Bowl 41 with uh, the Colts beating the Bears 29 to 17. Peyton Manning winning his first Super Bowl and only Super Bowl MVP. But that game is really overshadowed by the halftime show of Prince. Um, the, it started off with, like, We Will Rock You before Prince got on the stage and was performing Let's Go Crazy. And, that, right, and then anytime you play the guitar, uh, it just makes me go nuts. Well, anytime Prince played the guitar. Um, he did a couple covers. Like, he covered a Foo Fighters song. He covered another song by another band. He performed in 1999. And then, to cap it all off, the Purple Rain performance, which was just amazing in the rain. Him playing that guitar. It was just amazing. Many people rank it as the best of all time. I can't argue with that. I do have uh, one more that you could argue is the best of, that I would take as an argument as the best of all time. But Prince, I would say, is the best of all time. Well, my number two choice might be the best of all time as well. Speaking of the number two choice, number two would be Super Bowl 36 with U2. Uh, following the September 11th attacks, um, U2 did this show, as I mentioned before. With the uh, names of those that died, with the jacket that Bono had, with the American flag in it. Uh, I, that was actually the last one that I watched again before I recorded this, and again that that one like that one will make give you chills, and like almost like make you want to cry. Um, even watching it twenty years later. It was just an incredible show. You could see the emotion that Bono had and that those in the crowd had. And it was just an amazing show. Honestly, and it's I think at the time what the country needed. And it was an amazing show with an amazing game. Patriots uh, beating the Rams twenty to seventeen on a late se- on a last second Adam Vinatieri field goal. Tom Brady's first ring. We'll talk about Tom Brady later. And um, that was a great show. It really was, and it could easily be my number one favorite. And I I I'd more I'd lean more on the side of U 2s halftime show being the best of all time, other than Prince. But like for me, it's U two and Prince really super close. And my favorite halftime show of all time. I'm not saying this is the the best of all time. This is just my favorite. And it has to be Super Bowl 54 with uh, Shakira and uh, Jennifer Lopez. That show, just like from a cultural perspective, was absolutely incredible. Because when you get Shakira, Shakira's, Shakira has songs in like four different genres. And her that show, her performance especially is what really make, takes the cake for me. Um, like she had, like you was playing trumpet. She had like the salsa dancers. Um, she had her own dancers that were dancing to like whenever, wherever, and a uh, hips don't lie and she wolf. And when you like watch Shakira move her hips, she does it with such little effort. Like when you watch the show and watch her dancers like they have to put their arms into it like because that's sort of how you get really good hip movement Shakira really didn't have to do that like she just does it with such a little effort and it's really crazy to me um Jennifer Lopez's part was good for what it was and then um and then with those two to get with Shakira and JLo out there together with JLo's daughter that was a really touching moment having JLo's daughter out there um, and then my favorite part of the show was, um, my favorite artist, Bad Bunny, popping out of nowhere to do his verse on I Like It, 
when I saw him like in that all gray, I was like, "There's like, is that is that who I think that is? Like, there's no way that's Bad Bunny. There's no way that's Bad Bunny at the Super Bowl halftime show." But and then Jay Balvin later, just absolutely, the crowd went nuts when Jay Balvin came out with Get Calor, and then when he did Mi Gente, crowd went nuts for that. Like, if there was any show where I would have wanted to be in the crowd for, it would be that show. Um. Yeah, it was just, it's like, for the culture, for, like, um, for, like, Latinos, because it was in Miami, which has a big Latino uh, population. So, that was really who was supposed to gravitate towards. And I think that they did a, a hell of a job doing with that. So, that, and that's my favorite of all time. I know what some of you guys were thinking. You're saying, oh, you probably picked that because J-Lo... Uh, was had a stripper pole, and because they were like you know twerking and shaking ass, and I was and no, that's not why. I wasn't complaining about that. I mean, I know a lot of people were complaining. I wasn't one of those people that was complaining about it, but I mean, that's not why it's my favorite. I think I explained why that was my, why it's my favorite. Um. And then my least favorite, some of my least favorites, I could only pick three that I didn't like. Uh, that would be Super Bowl 53, uh, Maroon 5, Travis Scott, Big Boy. Uh, I don't think I need to explain why. I think we all saw that. We're all alive for that. Um, that's 15 minutes of my life that I can't get back. And for some reason, I went back and rewatched it just to confirm how bad it was. I, there were a couple good moments. I think the, it was really the moment where they sang uh, She Will Be Loved. And they have like they had like one love in the sky. I thought that was a nice moment. I thought the woman from the choir that was like singing her heart out during Girls Like You, she was amazing. Um that little moment where at the end of Travis Scott's appearance where they're like playing the guitar and he's rapping the end of sicko mode, that was kinda cool. I kinda rocked out to that. But yeah, that's definitely like one of the worst, if not the worst, halftime show performance of all time. And obviously, I can't watch anymore after Adam Levine takes his shirt off. Like, what what rationale was there for you to take your shirt off? Come on, what Adam? Like, come on. Um, uh, and the second one on my least favorite would be Forty Six with Madonna, Nicki Minaj, M.I.A., L.M.F.A.O., and CeeLo Green. First of all, it's really forgettable. I think the the main thing that everybody remembers was MIA. If you don't know who MIA is, she's a British rapper who's really famous for that song, Paper Planes. The one that goes like, I'm fly like paper, get high like planes. If you catch me in the corner, I got visas in my name. Um, it was really famous for MIA flicking off the entire world. Just like casually in the middle of the show. But I will say, it wasn't really that great. You could tell Madonna was lip-syncing the entire time. You could tell that everybody was lip-syncing, honestly, the entire time. <laughs> that was super noticeable. But um, Madonna doing cartwheels and, like, acrobatics at however old she was was very um, impressive. She was 53. When she did the halftime show, she was doing all those cartwheels. So that's pretty impressive for what she was doing at that age. And then the other one that I didn't enjoy was 45 with uh, the Black Eyed Peas, Usher, and Slash. I think if, and this is really just because the sound was so bad, like whoever did audio for that show should never do audio ever again. Like, the sound was bad. And then when the sound worked was when Fergie was trying to sing Sweet Child O' Mine. And then she was trying to sing it like Axel. But, like, really? Like, you, Fergie really didn't have to do that. Like, she honestly could have just sang it with her voice. Because she has a nice voice that fits the, um, That fits the uh, sound of the song. So she really had to do all that. But mostly because the audio 
if the audio was good, it would have been a great show with the black guy piece. And then Usher, Usher like danced a little bit, barely performed the song. Oh my God, that he had with Will I Am. Um, I'm of the belief that Usher should have his own show because he definitely has the hits to do it. It will be a great performance. I feel like they should try to get Usher sometime in the future. But yeah, those are my favorites and uh, my least favorite Super Bowl halftime shows. Um, just the Super Bowl halftime show is really something that a lot of people, including myself, wait for. And I'm super excited for this year's. Anyway, let's move on to the next segment. Okay, so um, last week we had the AFC and NFC Championship games. Both of those games were uh, insane, to say the least. Uh, the teams that will be playing for the Super Bowl are the Los Angeles Rams, who I picked to win the Super Bowl earlier this year, and the Cincinnati Bengals, who I couldn't have imagined in a million years would make the Super Bowl in 2021. But they found their way. They were down 21-3 in the AFC Championship game. They found their way back. And in that game, they took the lead. The Chiefs ended up tying the game. Um, and then they won the game in overtime. So, shout-out shout to the Cincinnati Bengals. Shout-out to Joe Burrow. Shout-out to Jamar Chase. Shout-out to Zach Taylor. Shout-out to all those guys for against against all odds. Riding um, all the way to the Super Bowl. And we'll talk about the Super Bowl next week. The game itself. But I just wanted to add that little antidote in. Uh, shout out to Los Angeles Rams. For making putting me closer and closer to being right. Um, they also had to come back. They were down 10 in the fourth quarter. And then they were able to uh, score a touchdown. Kick a couple field goals. And then the interception at the end to seal it. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, next week. Um, but that should be... I think we'll, we'll have a really good Super Bowl game, I'll say. And I'm excited. Really excited. Um, and other NFL news. Um, a lot of the news this week... I'll probably be talking about next week, especially with Brian Flores and what's going on with him, him suing the league for uh, suing the league, the Giants, Broncos, and Dolphins for uh, discrimination, racial bias in uh, hiring practices. That's something, that's something that I want to spend a lot of time talking about. So we're going to talk about that next week, especially if there are more developments coming out about that. But I will talk about Tom Brady's retirement. Um... Obviously, the greatest quarterback of all time couldn't retire without there being some kind of drama. And honestly, the fact that Adam Schefter, I don't, I don't know why Adam Schefter would even report this. Like, there have been like some rufflings about um, Brady might retire. Brady is close to a decision on retirement. You know, that Saturday, Schefter just flat out said, yeah, Brady's retiring. And what makes no sense about why he reported that is that Tom Brady hadn't said anything about it. And so we had a few days of just, well, is he or is he not going to retire? But then on Tuesday, um, as I'm sitting in the middle of my computer information systems class, I get a notification that Tom Brady is officially retiring. And all I say, it's about time. The guy's 44 years old. He'll be 45 in August. Um, he's won seven Super Bowls. He's been the league MVP multiple times. I believe it was it's three or four times he's been league MVP. Um, five Super Bowl MVPs. Yeah, I mean, the guy's the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know what else he has to prove. He not, has nothing else to prove. So, um, I will say, though I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan that there ever has been, 
I will say that it has been an honor to watch Thomas Edward Patrick Brady II play football at the highest level for all 10 years that I've been a football fan. It has been an honor. Um, I wish him nothing but the best in retirement. Um, I personally watched him win four Super Bowls. Uh, I also personally watched him lose the Super Bowl to my favorite team. So thanks for that, Brady. Um, and all I've said is I wish him nothing but the best in retirement. And I wish that he will stay in retirement. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Tom. Um, happy retirement. And let's move on to our final segment. Okay. I couldn't not talk about this. So uh, if you haven't heard about uh, what's going on with Whoopi Goldberg, she was uh, suspended from her show, The View, for two weeks for comments that she made about the Holocaust. And uh, I have an ABC News article just giving a overview of what's happened. So uh, according to ABC News, Whoopi Goldberg has just been suspended from The View for two weeks over comments she made on Monday show, Monday being January 31st, about the Holocaust. Effective immediately, I am suspending Whoopi Goldberg for two weeks for her wrong and hurtful comments. While Whoopi has apologized, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments says ABC News President Kim Godwin in a statement. The entire ABC News, this is the statement um, going further. The entire ABC News organization stands in solidarity with our Jewish colleagues, friends, families, and communities. On Monday, while discussing a Tennessee school district banning the graphic novel Mouse or Moss, I don't know how to pronounce that, Goldberg said, if you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it, because the Holocaust isn't about race. Goldberg said, instead, it was about man's inhumanity to man, and that both groups of people were white. The longtime host of the talk show apologized on Monday night, saying on Twitter she had spoken to the head of the Anti-Defamation League about her comments. As Jonathan Greenblatt of the Anti-Defamation League said, shared, quote, the Holocaust was about the Nazi system, systematic annihilation of the Jewish people, who they deemed to be an inferior race. I stand corrected, she wrote. The Jewish people around the world have always had my support, and that will never waver. I'm sorry for the hurt I caused, she added. And uh, that's the article. Um, Look. In the world that we live in now, where any comments or comments that you made on Twitter 15, 10, 15 years ago could get you fired from your job, the fact that she got a two-week suspension for saying the Holocaust was not about race is the equivalent to a slap on the wrist. And here's my thing. I'm not saying that people should be fired for stuff that they said 10, 15 years ago. Because obviously they have the room and the time to change. But Whoopi Goldberg said this on Monday. And I think a lot of, a lot of people in the Jewish community were heard about this. And I see why. My thing about it is it's just plain wrong. Like, and I mean, I, I, it's not, honestly, it's not surprising that Whoopi Goldberg said something this dumb. Um, on the view because every it seems like every week there's something said on the view that is absolutely stupid like not even stuff that i disagree with just stuff that's just plain wrong and i think this is the um quintessential example of that and if you watch the clip they try like the other hosts, like Joy and Sunny, they like they tried to get her out of this. 
of what she said. And she's like, no, 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 listen to me. And I'm just like, no, 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 they shouldn't listen to you because you said something that is completely asinine. Um, but yeah, that she should be suspended. I feel like this is cause for her being removed from the show because I feel like if anybody else said that, <laughs> I feel like if Joy Behar said that the Holocaust wasn't about race, she would have probably have been fired. And I think that just off of, if we're going by the same standards that everybody's been going off of, then, um, then she should be fired from the show for going off the same standards. But as we continue to see every single day, um, Standards are not always upheld in society. And it's been like that forever. It's just getting worse and worse. As people say that they want to stand up for equality and justice. Well, equal standards is a part of equality and justice. And if people that say they want to uphold that, but don't uphold those same standards for everybody... It's just plain hypocrisy. So by the standards of today's world and today's quote-unquote cancel culture, Whoopi should be fired for this. She should be, but she probably won't be because she thinks the way that she's that people are supposed to think. And we'll leave it off. We'll leave it there today because um, I don't have a lot of time. We'll leave it there today. A uh, great show. Next week we'll be talking about the um, Super Bowl preview, what to expect. Um, we'll we'll discuss Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL. Um, we will talk. We'll bring back Billboard B. I didn't talk about the charts, but I will um, just mention that we don't talk about Bruno. Did reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100. So congrats to uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, um, Disney, the cast of Encanto uh, for getting a number one song on the Hot 100 um, and still having the number one album in the country. So, but we'll definitely talk more about uh, music next week or that's the Billboard charts next week. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I hope you guys have an amazing weekend and, uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear from me next week.